Hello and welcome back to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. My name is Chris, I am your host. No funny intro this week, we'll come on to why I'm in a bad mood later. Uh, I'm joined today by Phil and Jez. Uh, afternoon Phil, Jez, I'm not speaking to you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, listener, stay tuned. Uh, no, thank you very much um, for both of you for joining me today as always. Uh, we're going to kind of change the pot up a little bit this week in that we are going to, we've actually had a couple of questions uh, from our, our lovely listeners. So we're, um, we're going to use those for a little bit of a, a talking point uh, sort of towards the end of the pod. But uh, we will start off by looking back at the weekend's action and uh, predictably at this time of year we are going to talk a little bit of transfers. So we'll start with the action and go back to last weekend's uh, games before the international break. On Friday our first talking point was, uh, was, was there for us for all to see. PSG 6, Angers 1, uh, Florenzi with the opener and what an opener that was. Neymar with two, Draxler, Idris Saganage, and of course, Kylian Mbappe with the late goal. It was briefly 3-1 when Captain Traore nodded his uh, goal from a corner. But uh, ultimately, it was a fairly comfortable win for PSG in the end. But I have a slight mini rant. Um, I'll pick on you, Jez, first of all, on this one. Uh, Mulan will come on to, because that's a whole question in itself. But why... Why is there this obsession? Anger have been highlighted for it a little bit, probably unfairly, but this obsession with teams arriving at Parc de Prince and just going, well, we know what's coming, so there's our line of five, there's our line of four, we're not going to show any real attacking intent. And then they actually play the game, they get a few chances. I thought Anger could easily have been level just after half time. And when they actually attacked, they looked like they could hurt PSG. And Eight Nuri, who's moved on since, was was a threat. They looked like they could do damage, but it was almost like a acceptance. And I seem to see this from from a few teams, especially when it comes to PSG. What what's your view on it? I mean, are you in the camp of well, it's Angers. What else are they supposed to do? Or would you actually like to see teams go and be a bit more adventurous against PSG? Um, funnily enough, I'm literally halfway through reading an interview with Ibrahim Diallo where he's talking about that kind of thing and how <laughs> last year Dalolio kind of really encouraged Brest to to kind of try to match PSG and Lyon or whatever, toe-to-toe, to toe, and, and they only lost 2-1 to, to PSG and also had chances. Yeah. And, you know, he's talking about how, you know, it's a skill in itself, but it's easy to just defend and sort of... Um, be, I guess, reactive rather than try to be proactive and, and take the game to the opposition. So I think a lot of it depends on the club's mentality in general and the type of players they got. And while Angers have got some decent enough attacking players, I think it's fair to say that the last two, three years, they, their sort of relative success has more been based on the defensive game. So I'm not too surprised that they kind of set up to defend and I get you know that the, there's always the the risk that if you do try to take PSG on at their own game then you could be ripped to shreds and I guess in the end 6-1 looks like you've been ripped to shreds but there's, there were sort of two or three kind of lucky deflections among those goals and, and like you said they certainly had a good chance to go three you know three two which might have made things interesting so it wasn't all one-way traffic and um, 
with that in mind, they could have regrets and, and sort of think maybe we should have gone with a more positive mentality in the first place. But it's easy to say that in hindsight, having lost anyway, um, you can understand them wanting to play to their strengths. And, and although PSG, I don't think, have the same kind of aura that they used to have, um, there is an, an element of sort of saying that, you know, every team when they look at their sort of calendar for the year probably going to look and, and say right match at the part the pass we'll put that down as a zero if anything happens you know covid or whatever and, and we get a lucky a lucky win or a big goalkeeping error like like lance benefited from then then great but you know generally we'll take our beating and move on and it's a pity but you know it's certainly not just a, a psg in france sort of thing i think a lot of the sort of lower teams in in all the sort of national competitions tend to try to do something similar against the bigger teams. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not exclusive to, to France. It's you know you see it with Barcelona and um, and and uh, Manchester. No, 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 wait, not not them. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a wider wider point. It was just sort of watching it. I, I'll be honest. I probably part of the problem. I sat down thinking, okay, how many is this going to be? But you know, I watched it anyway. And and the more I watched, the more I sort of sat there scratching my head, thinking this really would not have been six one if Angers had just been that little bit braver. And of course. Um, they missed a really good chance. I think Bahokan went through on Navas and that was a, a pivotal moment in, in the game. But uh, that wasn't the only talking point of this game, Phil, was it? Um, Stefan Muller has got himself in a bit of uh, hot water, bother, um, insert, whatever. He, um, the, the alleged, or well, I say alleged, I think it's been proven on audio now, apparently uh, requested Neymar's shirt during the game. Um, uh, the, the talk is it's for his young son, I believe, or grandson. Um, it doesn't look great, does it? Would be fair to say when your team is is toiling and you're out there asking for gifts. Uh, I think a player also took another shirt, but that was at least at half time. Um, he's been forced to apologise. Do you agree with that decision, or do you think it's a bit of a storm yeah. in the teacup? Oh, it's a pretty daft thing to do, optics wise. I was more hoping. Um, to talk about uh, uh, the the match rather than that, I hadn't heard that had happened. So, oh yes, yeah. I mean, feel uh, free to cover the match. Yeah, no, I think yeah. just picking up on some of what Jez was saying, obviously that you kind of say, "Well, it's easy to defend," but I think that was on Jez's problem. It was not easy for them to defend, and when we think about that defence that they had when they came up and were promoted, and they were so solid, and now there's been players move on and uh, I was having a bit of um, to and fro with our good friend Thomas who's W-Y-S-A-F-1 on Twitter who's a big Angers fan and therefore needs a hug right now um, that obviously with ain't no moving on he's like it's worrying that there's been no planning to replace that player and now we've got the Buffal situation which hopefully deals with some of that but that this defence is kind of ageing and immobile and they just like you say not all of the PSG goals were as good as Florenzi's opener and looking at the XG I couldn't find any that put PSG over three you know which suggests that it was lucky deflections and chances that a, bet, a team better at defending would have done better with. So it's all very well to say, you know, you turn up at the Parc des Princes and you aim to defend, but 
you actually have to then be able to do that to make that game plan even vaguely credible. Um, I do agree that you know, obviously people should go for it more because we do know that PSG have got their weaknesses and they also might get a bit kind of affronted uh, if people actually attack them and can't really psychologically deal with that very well maybe. So I think it was a bit disappointing. Obviously the the scoreline wasn't as mad as some we saw elsewhere over the weekend but it also wasn't really reflective of uh, of, of what was happening so I just thought it summed it up when as far as I could I could see the referee blew up bang on 90 minutes despite the fact there'd been 10 subs in the second half yeah I did like, I thought that was a bit strange leave it lads they're already dead yeah 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 take the foot off the throat kind of thing but the um, blue file news I think has, has cheered people up but he apparently is coming back to Angers yes. after not really doing much at Southampton was it yeah, and not not being given a huge amount of chances in the few that he did get, he but didn't really. With Ignori moving on, then you need somebody who's got a bit of now. So I mean, looking at the kind of where people were on the pitch, it was very much Ignori and Fulgini as kind of the pivot of of trying to move things when they did try to move things, yeah. and also interestingly, Icardi still looking very isolated for PSG. So yeah. he didn't score. He did have one uh, chalked off just before half time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's still not looking like 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 he's you know sitting at the cool kids table. He's kind of left on his own quite a lot, which yeah. again is something that you could think about attacking. Yeah, they, he doesn't quite look fully fit to me. And, and with PSG bringing in another striker, which we'll come on to in a bit, that would provide him with a bit of competition. Um, just before we do move on from this game, uh, just did, did you see the Mulan news? I'd just be intrigued because I, I have a suspicion yeah. if you did, you'd have a view on it. Is it something that, that bothers you? I've, I've seen two, I've seen both sort of sides of the argument. Some people have, have said this is absolutely abhorrent and he should be gone and it's horrendous. And other people have said, it's a shirt. They were losing. Who cares? I, I probably come down somewhere between the two. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm between the two. I think it's definitely very, very wrong and awful. As, as Phil said, it's really bad optics to do it during the game. Apparently, the ball wasn't even out of play. It was literally <laughs> during the game. Yeah. Um, and for the manager of the opposing team to do it... Um, and it's surprising from someone like Moulin as well. He's sort mm. of first, first of all, he's been there so long. He's had opportunities to get Neymar's shirt in the past. But, and you'd think that he'd have opportunities to ask him or arrange it before the match or after the match or whatever. So, yeah, I just kind of look at it and think, you know, have some self-respect. And I guess maybe you could even sort of tie it to going to PSG with a very defensive attitude and, and trying to just get away with any kind of narrow defeat or whatever. I think that it's not a good look. It, um, yeah, also, as Phil said, this kind of, you know, if you sort of stand up to PSG, then they could be affronted. If you're sort of kowtowing mid-match to, to their star player, then you're just sort of reinforcing this kind of aura and, and the sort of, the idea that you'll beat him. We are not start. worthy, Tugs Warlock. I'm, I'm now getting more and more shocked by everything you're saying about this. I assumed when you asked me first, Chris, that Mulan was taking the piss. 
Oh, no, 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 this was very like, much... Like an Ibrahimovic, give me a shirt, yeah. No, and it, it was, so, uh, it was so weird because it, it didn't, at the time, nobody really picked up on it. It was only after, I believe, the sort of people going through through the tape archives and doing deep analysis. And obviously, when when you do that, you get a lot more of the pitch side, uh, pitch side well, effects. Well, now and, you can hear a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then after the game, it, it, yeah, it transpired and Andre put out a statement uh, well, Milan himself put out a statement through Andrea and you know has apologised and sort of quoted obviously it was for his I think it was his grandson I think from from memory um, but yeah I just I, like Jess said I, I feel I'm sort of halfway between the two um, and and I think like a few other pundits have said you know arrange this before the game you know do it in the changing rooms afterwards just have a word I'm sure Neymar's fairly approachable if not his people are just to sort of saying before the game could we do the x y and z i mean it's the equivalent to sort of playing against your mates at park football you have a little bit of a chat and a you know a bit of banter before the game but then the game's on you play the game you know and then you renew hostilities in the pub afterwards not during the game so i am i am now imagining the psg and angers team being dragged to a local tavern yeah <laughs> <laughs> negotiating over a shirt who's oh, going to get this yeah. yeah and then the karaoke kicks off and yeah anyway yeah good times and two promoting comes in oh no wait he's gone but yeah it's uh it wasn't a great look i think it's fair to say and uh, what is a great look though um and phil i'll stick with you on this one Lons, having a, a wonderful season gal kakuta in particular he scored a penalty and and uh, also added oh. to uh, by Stotoka uh, against St Etienne, who has to be said did end up with nine men. Kolasinac well, was sent off, as was Kazri. Kind of this, this thing, but I was going. This has happened before. This has happened before. And of course, last weekend, Monaco went down to nine men mm. um, with you know basically half an hour to go, and they still managed to win. So, yeah, well done, Strasbourg. So when this started kicking off, because I think they lost. Um, Colo on 14 minutes. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, and then Kakuta scored the penalty after that. And then I switched on just to see the Medina VAR situation. Um, yeah. Because he had a, a goal disallowed. And then Kazri got sent off as well. And you're thinking, hang on. Um, Saint Etienne did not respond to the situation in the same way that Monaco did. Let's put that very uh, clearly. And then it took Lonzo a while to take advantage of the situation, but I think with about five minutes to go, they brought on Roman Hanuma, and it's like, well, could could have done this possibly earlier or reorganised a bit more. But it was like 13 shots to two. It's like Saint-Étienne basically didn't even bother trying from um, from uh, kind of the, the after the first 15 minutes because they clearly didn't know how to deal with the reorganisation they had to do. But they had 50 minutes where they were at 10 men. And, you know, then you're thinking, Kasri doing that is just utter kind of dereliction of duty. It was a proper striker's tackle, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, but Lance up there in third. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure makes Jez extremely happy. Well, there's um, a reason I stuck with you on this question. Yeah. No, I mean, they basically, they took advantage here yeah. and they did that com very competently, but they were given uh, the opportunity to do that in a big way yeah. by Santetti and who still don't look fully at the races. No, uh, no, they... 
they sort of they they vary for me. They they've looked impressive at times this season, then other times they've reverted back to the old Saint Etienne. And... I think some kind of started well, but they've mm. got one point from the past three, and yeah. it's a bit leveling out eh? almost. Yeah. And and the challenge from Kolodzicak was horrendous, by the way, um, on Ganago. Oh, yeah, but he will do that. Yes, he will, yeah. It was very much reminiscent of the Mbappe-Perrin situation, if you haven't seen that from that or from last season. Um, but yeah, it was a poor challenge from Ganago, who's been brilliant for Lons as well, uh, hobbled off. And I think, touch wood, it seems like he's, he's going to be OK after the international break. But yeah, not a clever challenge. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great win for Lons, and they are certainly uh, doing good things since being promoted so far. Good start to the season for them. Jess, what did you make of Nice against Nantes? They won two one. Uh, Dante and, uh, and uh, Kefren Turam, who yes, indeed, is the son of Lilian, and uh, he really, I thought he he shone, and it looks like a really talented young young player. Loser had briefly got Nantes back into the game with a penalty. But the, the main story of this game for me was, was just Nice looking just really, I'm going to go with the word stodgy. They just, they just, it's much like Leon who will come on to that. They just don't look like it's all clicking yet. And, and I thought they were playing against the Nantes team who were clearly just looking to survive when Girotto was sent off after three minutes. And I've seen people trying to defend this challenge. I, I cannot understand how it's a horrendous challenge. Um, what did you make of them, Jez? What, or what do you make of Nice and what Vieira is doing there? Because it just something doesn't feel right to me. No, I've, I've because because I like Vieira, sim- simple as that. I've just sort of tried to err on on the positive side for the last last year or two. And you know, we said last year they brought in all their transfers very very late in the window, so you can understand it's difficult. You know. Um, Maybe the the sort of biggest one, Claude Maurice, didn't really work. Um, he didn't have a full preseason to work with them all. And yet, it, again, it depends on where you're looking at it. He still got them into Europe, which was very good. Or you can say he he scraped it by the skin of his teeth. And probably, if the season had gone on a week or two longer, with Mon- Monaco having more momentum, they probably would have qualified instead. This season, I don't think he's got many excuses. I think they've had a really good transfer window. Um, they've been able to spend a lot of money. Um, they've brought in good forward players. And yet the football is still awful. And, and arguably where they are is quite flattering. Yes, they beat none. But as you said, they had a man advantage for 87 minutes and it barely looked like it most of the time. Um, you know, Dante's had to bail them out or, or you know, score a couple of goals for them. He's um, their joint top scorer. I mean, admittedly, yeah. it's only two, and he's joint with Guerrero. But yeah, that speaks volumes. Yeah, um, just yeah, it feels like the Leon comparison is probably quite reasonable because a lot of Leon fans have been arguing for for years that any wins that they do have are a lot more based on sort of individual brilliance than any kind of team brilliance and and sometimes it feels that way for for Nice you know either a goal from a set piece or Guiri pops up and does something special there's not much else going on and um I got when um so the last few minutes of the transfer window Nice secured Jeffrey and Adelaide on loan and I sort of criticized it 
and said that I didn't think it was a good move for him because I don't think Vieira is going to bring anything or give him any opportunity to kind of improve his game. And someone who I think has Vieira, maybe is his sort of pen picture on Twitter, um, had a massive go at me and said what a fantastic coach Vieira is. And, you know, he's had nothing to work with the last two years. I didn't even bother replying. That's <laughs> rubbish. And, yeah. Um, I really, really want him to do a good job, but I don't think he is. And, you know, the very least you can say is that, you know, they're, they're relatively solid, they're difficult to beat. And, you know, maybe that's sort of in the image of the player he was. Maybe he just doesn't have that sort of attacking instinct or whatever. I mean, and, and you know, some have tried to argue well, Ren Adelaide is actually the missing piece because he's going to be the person that sort of connects the midfield and attack. That's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on him. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that Vieira is up to it. And I suppose a lot depends on on what um, the... Um, I was going to be read about him. I'll try to show you straight. Um, <laughs> what Radcliffe expects and what his yeah. targets are. But with the money they're spending, they should be looking for Champions League spots. And yeah, that's what I, I think. think if they carry on... Like I said, the problem is that he is getting the results, but it seems like they're scraping them and with a lot of luck as well, rather than ever looking convincing. Yeah, they're, they're not getting results in terms of like when, when people say, you know, performance of champions, that, that whole tag of when a team, you know, is, is on a good run and grinds out a few wins. It's normally a team that have been consistently at the top and have been performing for large chunks of the season, but then grind out results when they're maybe not at their peak. Whereas Nice just constantly seem to grind out results and have never peaked. Well, uh, I think it's early on, of course, but. Yeah, uh, Something we saw in the first couple of games is that they were doing something that they did a couple of seasons ago, which was basically they were very, very efficient with their shots on target. They were scoring basically every shot on target. And you're going, well, that's not sustainable to have that kind of conversion rate. And then in this game, they're playing against 10 men for the whole game. They had 19 shots and eight on target and couldn't, I think we need to give some love to, to Nantes here, who did a, a sterling yeah. job to kind yeah. of control uh, the, the slightly disorganised wave coming towards them. Had um, chances as well. And we they scored with their only shot on target. Mm. So, you know, maybe there's lessons to be learned all over the shop, but I agree that Nice look... It's like, you know, if Vieira had this... Uh, or of he just get things done and I think that's maybe not the approach to take over into management because yes like you say Dante I, sh I was sure he had more than two goals in fact but it, it's just that he's the one uh, that you remember at corners and stuff so yeah a lot of high scoring it'll be interesting to see how they, they get on so obviously yeah. they are up there with you know San Betien and whatever at the moment, but it does look like you say very up and down. Yeah, just want them to cut loose a bit. That's kind of how I see it. I look at all those attacking players, and I just want them to cut loose. But I guess we will um, we will see. Um, a couple of results I just want to kind of gloss over before we look at uh, a couple of other to discuss. Uh, the side going into the the weekend top of the table run uh, got a uh, rather su slightly surprising, I thought, two two draw at home to Raus, who went in front through Abdul Hamid. Rafinha, who's since departed to Leeds, of course, got the equaliser. Damien De Silva, speaking of goal-scoring centre-backs, uh, put uh, Ren in front 
before Bully Dia equalised. I believe Dia ended up staying, unless I've missed something. I know My notes for that game just say yikes. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good watch, to be fair. And, and yeah. again, one I sort of had half an eye on uh, at the time and didn't see that result particularly coming. Um, nor did I see Bordeaux scoring three goals at home coming, based <laughs> upon their previous how, results. How but, did uh, Montpellier draw against Dijon? I, I think, think a few teams have so looked bad. <laughs> they they did. They really did. Um, mm. I fear for them this season. Uh, Uda, Kalu, and Basic with the goals. Their only the point of the season. Yeah, not not great. They have reinforced slightly, which we'll touch on in a second. Uh, Brest got an upset against Monaco. Uh, big upset. I thought that one didn't see that one coming. One nil victory. Romain Favre with the winner inside the first ten minutes. A very good result for them. Uh, Lille, impressive again, 3-0 winners away at Strasbourg, who are also having a bit of a tough time. Celic, Renato Sanchez, who's uh, back in the side, and Burek Yilmaz scoring for the second successive week. And uh, yeah, good result that for Lille. They they are, are sort of grinding into gear right now. Um, Matt Slorio, we'll just move on from that one. No, I'm only joking. Uh, just briefly, Matt's three, Lorient one. Um, I was pretty disappointed obviously as it would be but Pierre Vermel put Lorient in front and I thought at that stage you just get to half time well that didn't happen uh, because the most informed striker in, in Liga got the leveller Mian from the penalty spot before scoring two goals in the second half uh, poor defending for the second and I thought poor goalkeeping for the third but overall Mets deserved the points um, I guess you're quite quite smug right now no, not smart. I'm pleased, obviously pleased <laughs> with the result, and I'm pleased that Nian's doing well because yeah. you know, we, we might talk about it more in the transfers, but um, they've put a hell of a lot of faith in him, and and you know, so far, thank God it's working out because no one else has scored. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, you only need you only need one goal scorer. You know, if you get if you get three a game, you only need one goal scorer. It's when you're not getting through a game, I guess. But exactly, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got um, six in six games now, but I think they're all in the last three games, maybe. That's, yeah, yeah, back, um, back-to-back hat-tricks, isn't it, as well now? Am I right in saying? Or did he get two last week? No, not, not hat-tricks. Not hat-tricks, OK. Yeah, so six and three. I mean, that's yeah. not bad. Is there a, a tiny tinge of... I don't want to break over old graves, but is there a tiny tinge of regret knowing that you could be sat on the table with another four points based upon those two heartbreaking games? I mean, I know it's... I know it's a bit trivial to say woulda, coulda, shoulda, but that would have left you in fifth right now, whereas 15th is, is where you sit. Is there that little tinge of that could come back to bite you later on in the season? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. No, I hope it wouldn't come back to bite us, but we certainly should have um, should be sitting on a few more points. It's very frustrating, but as usual, I guess, you know, same with Brighton, to bring it back to them, it's... You know, you can look at it one way and say, well, at least we're playing well and we're being competitive even against the top teams, even without the points. And so hopefully that should bode well and give us confidence for for the other matches to come. Or you can take my usual pessimistic view and say, bollocks, we're going to regret it and we'll we'll go down by three points because of those points that we dropped. Yeah. Yeah, true that, true that. Um, I'm, I'm slightly worried at the moment, naturally, although Lauren have reinforced even more in the last uh, couple of days, which is a bonus. And I feel like the squad just needs to settle down. It's a bit 
kind of thrown together at the moment, lots of ins and outs. Over it must the be nice to have 18 million to spend on two strikers. I don't know I what mean, that it, feels like. It is rather nice, but then I'll always counter that and say they're a well-run club by good people. So, you know, I'm just, just going to throw that one out there. But no, I know what you mean. It's, uh, I don't know, I, j- I just sort of feel like, again, just a bit... Is it's not settled at the moment? Um, I think I think I think Percy is a, a decent coach, and I, f- I feel like it's just kind of it will it will come, but at the moment it's not coming. And four defeats and five is is not great. But um, all I would say is I think there's three worse sides than Lorient in, in Liga this season at the moment, and that's good enough and for me. And Dijon are two of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might as well be. Um, as soon as you've piped up, I'm coming to you yeah. next. Uh, first uh, defeat in the derby for 18 years. First win for Nîmes, I believe, ever. Uh, uh, way to Montpellier. Oh, again, uh, only the shot on target. Yes. Um, yeah, it's... It was after the draw against Dijon last week, I was kind of hoping, you know, they they bounce back. And obviously the derby is... It may sound weird to some people out there, but it's really quite a feisty thing. And... They, I mean, they look lovely in their October Rose uh, special kit, um, but didn't otherwise really show up. So it was very disappointing, yes, to lose at Monson in the derby to Nîmes. <sighs> but it was, it was just a pretty bad game, as derbies can be sometimes, and it was just like Montpellier didn't didn't ever get into it whereas Neem were going there expecting a bit of a fight and took their chance uh put some pressure on and uh and they went away with the points so yes there's a lot of grumbling and swearing and gnashing of teeth and burning of tifos and stuff over here at that one yeah yeah it, it was very much a, a smash and grab but uh Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but uh, yeah, good good result for uh, for Neem and and kind of needed, I think, in, in in the sort of grand scheme of things, because it's one of those that the longer you go without winning at your rivals and uh, time ticks on, sometimes you just got to break that that trend, and that's exactly what they did. So uh, Ripa uh, with the the winning goal and quite the celebration to match um, brings us to our final match of the weekend, um, the most talked about one. It disappointed me. I thought as a watcher, I kind of wanted a bit more, um, but I then sort of stepped back and went, yeah, but Leon and Marseille. And it ended in a one-all draw. Dimitri Payet was hero and villain with the opener um, before being sent off three minutes later. Again, I've seen a few people say it was harsh. Again, I'm going to completely disagree and thought it was... It, it was. I don't think it was nasty, but it was typically Payet. It was stupid in an area of the pitch that he didn't need to make the tackle on Dubois, who has to be said, if he's not in the next romantic comedy in Hollywood, I mean, the guy deserves an Oscar. He is, he's fantastic. The scream and the pirouette was magnificent. Um, but it was a really poor challenge, and, and Payet was rightly dismissed by Stephanie Krapar after the VAR intra- in, intra- intervened, introduced, intervened. Um, Hussam Awar, much in the headlines, of course, staying at Lyon, and he got the equaliser from the penalty spot. Uh, had a really good chance later on to win it as well. But I guess, Jazz, I'll start with you on this one. Again, raises questions over Rudy Garcia. Um, probably less questions, but a few still arise over Marseille. These two sort of, well, let's be fair, 
giants of French football are struggling. And um, we'll start with Leon because we had a question come in, which I'm going to segue into seamlessly as I scroll to find it. Um, boys from the Banaloo, which was just trying to find it. Here we go. Um, they said, no, it wasn't actually. That's completely, completely the wrong question. Chris, sorry, at C. Etchingham. What can we realistically expect of Leon now that they've kept our and Memphis? Um, what did you make of them, Jez, without us? I know we went over it in detail last week, but just on this performance alone and now the window's shut, what, what do we expect? Because it didn't look to me like Dubai was was kind of banking on staying, let's put it that way. Um, I think uh, you said the match was disappointing. I mean, in a sense, it wasn't because it was as bad as you can you could have arguably expected from yeah, that's fair. two poor teams in poor form. And um yeah, I mean Vincent Zuluk wrote a really good editorial the next day and Lecky absolutely ripping both of them apart. Um and I think yeah, it's there's there's worries there. And for Leon, um I mean aside from I guess um Money. I don't know if there's going to be any issues there because they didn't make those sales. Um, but just looking in football terms, again, I, I don't think they've had a good window. Not sure about the players they've brought in, and in terms of the players that were expected to leave and haven't, well, we've well we've talked about endlessly about Guiri and and Jeffman Adelaide and Terrier, and I think they're three massive losses and and. The Ren Adelaide one, I think they can share the blame, but Leon have to take some of it. And then the the players they're left with, I mean, look, Awa, he's he's a Lyonnais, and you know, I don't know if they did offer him anything behind the scenes. He, you know, he's the one that they gave the chance to actually come out and say, I've decided to stay at Leon for another year, which obviously is bullshit. But um, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I just, you know. I think it says, whatever the reasons are, I know Roman Molino, an excellent journalist, kind of suggested it's more about his entourage sort of pricing him out of the move. But whatever the reasons, the bottom line is that in the end, only one one club came in with an offer and it was nowhere near as much as the asking price, which I actually don't think was an unreasonable asking price. So they're obviously, you know, among the top teams in Europe, there are still question marks about our but I do at least think that he will ha- knuckle down for the season. He's got incentives. Firstly, like I said, he is a Lyonnais, so it's not like I don't think he's the type to down tools. He's got a France squad and a, a Euro to play for, and obviously he's got a big transfer to, to try to, to, to get for next summer. Um, so I think he's fine. Depay, I think, is the worry. You know, he's never wanted to be at Lyon, quite clearly. Um, apparently, he was literally at the airport waiting for the deal to be done for him to be able to fly to Barcelona. So there's the disappointment of all of that to digest. So I think he's different. I think he's going to possibly, if not cause problems, certainly not be 100%. And there's mm. going to be a lot of, yeah, a lot of sort of man management that needs to go on. But just in general, I think Lyon are a mess. I don't... Yeah, you could say in a way the transfer window worked out well because they still retained two or three of their best players. But these are players who only got them to seventh place last year. And, and for me, all the sort of developing problems on and off the pitch um, continue. And mm. 
Garcia, for whatever reason, isn't getting the best out of them. You certainly can't see where the goals are coming from. Um, you know, as soon as player was sent off, Marseille, or, or certainly one star were equalised, I think Marseille settled for the draw. Yep. And, and Lyon had all the ball and just created very little. I know Mendes hit the post. 24 shots, three on target. That's... And 17 goals. Has it? Yeah. Sorry, Jess. No, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I know Mendes got criticised for the one that hit the post. I don't think that was an easy chance, actually. But no, came quick. But yeah, they just they yeah they rarely look like scoring, despite you know being at home, being against a team ten men who had no intention of of attacking themselves and. It's it's very concerning because I can't see where the uptick's going to come from. No, no, I agree. And, and the longer they leave Rayon Cherky on the bench as well, for me, is is a baffling one. He's clearly Ooh. a player. When when is... he was finally brought on, there was an explosion from certain sections of football Twitter. Yeah. I, th- I think it was only matched by the reaction to the Nice fans when Maulida was subbed who got absolutely annihilated by the Nice faithful. That was the only reaction that came close to it this weekend. But yeah, um, and Cherky to me, he looks like a player, in my opinion, that is going to be a Guri, or Guri, sorry, in, in 12 months if he hasn't played. Because he clearly, I'm not saying he's the second coming of Maradona, but he's clearly ready enough to be in this Leon team, particularly a Leon team that is not scoring goals and is crying out for a bit of unpredictability and a bit of youth and enthusiasm. Dembele to me looks like a man who's, who's been living in a pie shop. He looks so out of shape to me, and and I, I know it's a trivial thing. And I'm sorry, old man Chris talking here. I I don't like players chewing during games, especially when the spotlight is on them. And I know that's a really petty thing to pick up on, but it just looks like they don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like it just looks like, well, yeah, I'm here, whatever, you know. And, and I, I don't like that about Dembele. It just his body language to me looks like a man of. I thought I was going to move on. My form deserted me at the worst possible time. Then nobody was interested. I mean, the best move he would have got would, would have been to a mid-table side in the European League. I think based on his form. And yet, twelve months ago, he was being touted as a Manchester United player. Well, actually, <laughs> mid-table yeah, sides probably would get in now. But yeah, look who they've bought recently. Yeah, <laughs> well, apparently exactly. Mourinho really wanted him. If you're talking about. There you go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it just looks a shell of its former self. I just can't can't work it out. Um, just briefly, Phil, because I know we've got a few yeah, bits to get through. Just a bit on, but... on the shells of former selves. I think we're looking at this, and obviously Hyatt being sent off was key, as Jess mm. said, after that, Marseille like, right, okay. Um, but... It worked. I mean, you had really poor attacking from OL, but really decent defending from OM. Mm. Um, like I say, if you know OL threw 24 short shots at them, but only got three on target, and some of the misses were hilarious. I mean, just in the last 20 minutes, you had this kind of a mad scramble goal line clearance. Then Awa had a goal chalked off after he kicked Mandanda in the head. <laughs> and then... I, later, there was a hilarious miss, which I just went nowhere where the laws of physics would suggest it should have gone. So I think, you know, OM played in this match as well. And while things weren't brilliant, which is largely Payette's fault, and they still have a, 
they had Benedetto up front at least, so at least they weren't playing Maxime Lopez, a kind of false something. Um, He's yeah. gone now as well, yeah. But, uh, well, yes, I, but anyone I noticed? Still, am, still confused <laughs> I mean, by everything. Nice. And, and one, one sad departure for OM. Eddie Van Halen's died. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, well, yeah that was that's, sad. That's also sad. But, you know, I think that was a good point for OM, given how the game went. Obviously, yeah. they would have been hoping for more if they had kept... 11 men on the pitch but that didn't happen so three draws in a row but at least this one was I, I think you'd say a valiant point maybe yeah. or at least that's how that will be uh, cast Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. both goals that were disallowed for Leon were Oh, ours was harsh. Slightly yeah. harsh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it wrong. I can see the dangerous play element, but I, I, you didn't see Mandanda complain. You didn't, you know, it it felt like a bit of a would you seen that given 10 times out of 10? Probably not. It's a it's one like, in It's ten. like four people bumped yeah. into each other at once and the ref's just like, I'm not doing Exactly. It. I think if it had just been like him on his own, I think he probably would have got away with it. But the fact it was a bit of a stramash and whatnot. The, the Cadawiro one again, yeah, fractional. Was it offside? I think it was given fractionally. I, it's tight, I but... kind of, I'm okay with that one being disallowed purely because the save from the original <laughs> Toko Kambi shot was brilliant. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I felt like most, it would yeah. it would have been really harsh on that done, goal. Yeah. Then yeah, stood. It felt like a save that deserved to be a save. Deserved I know reward. that's you know a sentimental version, but whatever. No, uh, my dad has been brilliant. Minutes, lads. Yes, yes, no worries. We will we will skip ahead. Um, and just to say, alarming stat I saw from this game as well. Benedetto, I believe he's now played as many games as um, what's his face, the Turkish. Uh, oh God, I've forgotten his Probably. name. Thank you. Um, and scored less goals. Wow. Not great. Uh, yes. What, what what was the? He's um, he's he's played as many games now as yeah. as. Um... Oh God, the name's Probably. gone again. Thank Mitroglou. <laughs> Forgive me. It's it's Wednesday. It's Hump Day. Uh, yeah, it's Mitroglou, and he scored less goals, which is it's gone under the radar a bit. He does seem to be a bit struggling, shall we say? Um, well, that forward line does still seem to be a bit confusing. I forgot Tobin was playing on Sunday for a long period of time, and then he turned up as a whole fucky, is that? I still love um, him, but yeah, no, I, I take your point. Um, but yeah, it just, just does look a bit like a team that if they had a goal scorer, they'd be a lot better off. Anywho, um, we are just going to have a quick look at the transfer window. I'm not going to go through all the deadline day deals, but I'm just going to pick out a few that caught my eye. Jean-Kevin Augustin leaving Leipzig and was on, on loan at Leeds last year, trying to get his career back on track as he's gone to Nott. Uh, Mets has signed uh, Adama Traore, but not that one. Don't get too excited. Um, Arthur no, Zagre. Sorry? Have they? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think oh, yeah. oh, well, well, I'm actually, not the only one who's not paying attention. No, to I, actually, I, I suppose actually it doesn't technically count as a transfer if it's an end of a loan. So maybe mm-hmm. caveat that, caveat that. Okay, I'll, maybe it I'll doesn't help that they have two Adama. Well, they had an Adama Traore, but they sent out on loan and then brought another one in on loan. And the other one's now left and gone back to Monaco and this one's come back. 
come back, yeah. So pick, pick the bones out of that one. This is <laughs> the Moussa Dembele situation all over again. Yeah, all sorts going on. Uh, we mentioned Jeffrey Nadelaide, obviously, has, has gone to, uh, to Nice on loan. Rafinha has, has mentioned again, left to go to Leeds. Joachim Anderson finally leaves Lyon. About time too, gone to Fulham. I uh, don't know if that really improves Fulham, but still. Sasha Bowie was one that caught my eye, leaving Ren to join Dijon to hopefully bolster their defence. They also brought in Arthur Zagre, so it's all changed at fullback for Dijon. Jeremy Doku, we mentioned last weekend, uh, last week's pod, sorry. Exciting winger from Anderlecht has joined Ren. Um, we also saw PSG in action on the last day. Danilo Pereira, I think that's a pretty solid signing, 29-year-old from Porto, holding midfielder. Moise Ken, who's uh, got an opportunity to get his career back on track again. Uh, we'll see how that one works out. And um, they also brought in Rafinha late in the window, which I thought was a very intriguing late, late deal. Smacked of sort of, uh, he's available, why the hell not? Bounassar leaving Marseille to join Bayern Munich. That also caught That's my eye. It's an interesting one. Mikel Cuisson's the other way. I don't really know much about Bayern Munich's in a word, no. He'll be the third choice right back. They've got a, a quite a useful player called Benjamin Pavard yeah, who's I playing mean, that I know, it, I know it's a lot of money and you get to wear the funny shorts and everything, but he he was one of Marseille's best players. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, of course, he was formerly a right winger, so maybe Bayern Munich might look at deploying the wing-back sort of yeah. formation, which Pavar is maybe yeah, which not as... Which he was also very good at. So. Yeah, yeah, it'd be one to watch. I think he might get... <sighs> Some game time, but more in a rotational role. Well, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, Matteo De Ciglio, another interesting one. Um, I laughed at uh, the Aussie Leon uh, Twitter account when they said, brilliant, we signed another fullback who can't cross. That did tickle me. Um, but yes, he's come in. They've also signed uh, Dalbert. Ren, um, interesting, as have uh, they've also brought in Daniele Regani. Speaking of, of Juventus players leaving, I think that's an excellent piece of business for them. Uh, Willem Cyprian also caught my eye, leaving Nice to join Parma. Interesting one there. And PSG have loaned Calimundo to Lens, which I think might be a decent backup, particularly with Lens, obviously, with Gonago's worry of that injury. I think that sort of establishes a bit of depth in their attack. Uh, we mentioned Ait Nouri has joined Wolves. That's one I'm going to keep a close eye on, as is Wesley Fafana. We knew was going to Leicester. That's all been tied up. Uh, Alexandre Mendes left Bordeaux to join Carl, which also caught my eye. Uh, George, good old George at Monaco. I mean, he's not at Monaco anymore. He's gone, gone to Basel. So bye-bye, George. Um, and then the others. Cater Balde also leaving Monaco to join Sampdoria. I think we kind of saw that one coming in terms of him leaving. Gilles Diaz also has moved on from Monaco. They needed to clear a few out, so they've been able to do that. Um, I think that's kind of the ones that really caught my eye. I don't think I'm missing any that we knew about. Ben Arthur to Bordeaux. Today. Three, I, did I miss? Oh, of course. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, well, what do you reckon? To, to and that? Edouard Mendy to Chelsea, obviously. Which is... Yes. Yeah. Um, um, Dial deal. Yes. From Mets to Strasbourg. Yeah. An interesting. Ibrahima Diallo to, from Brest to Southampton. I think it's fantastic. Yes, Southampton. I think he's a brilliant player, well. and I think it's a big loss for um for Brest. Yeah. Um, they, I think they did they bring in Amadou in the end. I think they did, which isn't a bad replacement. Bad. Yeah, I think that did go through. I'm just trying to find it now, but yeah, I believe they did. Uh, Diallo from Mess to Strasbourg has caused a massive, massive shit show at Mess. Yeah. Um, Basically, we did our business on the basis that we'd sell him for around 15 million odds to a Premier League team. 
Um, in the end, if the mess president is to be believed, the only all we got was a vague loan offer from West Brom. Um, and so we needed to sell him quick. Um, so he was sold to Strasbourg, who are a local rival and potentially a relegation rival um, for, for 10 million. And apparently it was against his wishes. And he says that uh, basically he was talking to a fan and the fan, he said, I'll only speak to you if you don't publicise this. So the fan immediately publicised it. Um, he just the recording, which hasn't gone down well with anyone really. But most fans are on Diallo's side. People are absolutely furious about, you know, he, what a great servant he's been and a great captain and everything and for him to be treated so badly. He basically said he didn't want to go to Strasbourg. He offered to, he said he'd rather stay at Mess, but they were like, well, we have to sell you. We can't afford to keep you. Um, so the, yeah, the whole thing's a mess. Um, you know, his generation foot, if that, you know, we're worried that will the future players who might come from Senegal might think twice, thinking if, you know, if you're just treated like a piece of meat or whatever, is that the place to go to? This could have repercussions. It's particularly annoying because Mess are probably in a better place than they have been for, for 10 years or so right now. And, and yeah. Yeah. Watch this space, I guess. And, and much needed reinforcements for Strasbourg in terms of attacking, as they certainly need that right now. Um, the only other two I wanted to quickly mention we mentioned, well, Maxi Lopez, we mentioned earlier on, has gone to Strasbourg from Marseille. No worries. And uh, Restoff from Bayer Leverkusen to St Etienne. And the best one of the whole window yes, I'm a 12 year old. No, I don't care. Brazier joining Brest. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean that that you could not write that, could you? I couldn't okay, resist. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Thank you. Uh, so that's the window. No games to preview in terms of domestic this week, because obviously it's international week. Three games in nine days for France, starting tonight with Ukraine. Uh, eight ten minutes past eight UK time kickoff. I believe that's on Sky. If you want to check it out before games against Portugal on the 11th and Croatia away on the 14th. Rather than preview those games, we thought we'd sort of leave those to, to hang around and we're going to review them next week because obviously that's what we'll have to talk about. So we'll, we'll keep that for next week. Uh, quick shout out to Derek Amir, who's tweeted us with the Marseille tribute to Eddie Van Halen. May he indeed rest in peace. Um, and also the question, um, the boys from Banalu, who we haven't got round to this week, he said about Habib Diaw, uh, Diaw sorry, Jess has covered that brilliantly, and he also said, um, he or she has to say, who do you think has had the best or most successful window in Liga? Might expand on that a little bit next week if we've got some time to fill, because there is a few other things we could go over. Um, so, yes, as Phil said, we are a little bit pressed for time this week, so we're going to... Sorry, I have there. a meeting, I have to switch languages. So. That's all right, we, we can accept that thing. But thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, keep tuned to us, obviously, we are going to ask the questions again so keep your eyes on our twitter feed but for now thank you jess thank you Phil. thank you and uh, enjoy your international football if you can if you're a french fan you probably can if you're a fan of other nations probably not but until then keep it tuned to ourselves enjoy any football you watch and we'll speak to you very soon